At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, this is this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to be totally transparent here. Uh, we're being viewed and photographed by the New York Times. The New York I, I Times? don't know if it's it's a, a five part uh, story or it could be like a, like a ten part story. Uh, it could be I don't know what kind of expose. It's not going to be a ten part. story. It could be a ten part story. I'm just saying it that could we, be a little paragraph. It might be a paragraph. I've been told that it could be a three to five part story on me, Michael Rapport. Uh, and everything that encompasses my life and my greatness, or it could just be on the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast, or it could just be a blip. But I'm just going to let the people know I'll they go are with listening to something that will be documented uh, in detail in the New York Times. We have photographers here, lighting setups, and all that. This is the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast in prime time. Today's guest, again, returning guest. Yeah. Guy needs no introduction. He he brings the shit talking uh, every single time. Metal World Peace. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. No, not you. Not you. Okay. Uh, uh, the the special guest. Got it. And then the fill-in guest host. You have to say fill-in. Fill-in guest host is Dean Collins, the young shooter. Happy to have you here. Oh, um, thanks. The roving, unofficial, official, international I Am Rapport Stereo podcast reporter, Eli Lake, breaking down Iran, not Iran, Korea, North Korea, South Korea, Kim Jong-un, and everything that's going on in politics, and Judge Dean Collins. That's right. Judge Dean Collins, the young shooter, is with us. We're playing a fantastic new game. It's called Sick Fuck or Beyond Sick Fuck with Dean Collins, the young shooter, in prime time 
for premium subscribers. And I'm going to tell you something right now. The premium subscribers, you know, you guys should start telling the people who haven't subscribed to premium, you dumb fuck you, you're missing out. You're missing out to that gold every Wednesday in prime time. You're missing out to emergency podcast. You're missing out to emergency short films. Miles Jordan, let me get something funky. All right. So as I said, special guest co-host, the young shooter, Dean Collins. Uh, who, who you, you claim that people have said you haven't been on the podcast lately and they I, wanted you. I've literally, I've gone into uh, sandwich shops and someone said, You can hey say man, the sandwich shop, they're fans. Oh, un- Uncle Paulie's. We'll I go see there. if they're fans because I expect the text. If you're really fans, Uncle Paulie's, John Buscemi. John Buscemi, uh, sneaker connoisseur. Buscemi uh, shoes. You get a free fucking plug. You know, I get a, you get a free fucking plug. We want some free rep- fucking I sandwiches. I want a free fucking prosciutto. Can I, I get some fucking someone free give me fucking, a fucking pursuit? Can I get some fucking pursuit for right, free? Don't fuck up in here, We're right? plugging your fucking show on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. Can I get a fucking turkey uh, club? Give me a fucking up, give me a muffin. Give me, give me, give can me I a get cookie. a free chocolate chip cookie every fucking time I go in there? I got they're, they're holding out their fucking hands. I'm in shit. fucking debt because of you guys. We'll see if the people really wanted you, Dean. Anyway, I was just told I haven't been on here in a while, and I say that, you know, Michael hasn't asked me, and anyway, I'm here as a fill-in guest, I, as you I like to say. I don't think anyone said, oh, why Who, who am I filling in for, by the way? G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. I don't like that I'm just like this secondary, like, oh, well, we've got to call him to, you know, come yeah, by and do the thing. You're, you're a fucking fill-in. You're like a last-minute I should Be fucking careful with your words. I'll drop the mic right now. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Then the expose, will it'll just add drama to the New York Times that's expose good. that's been being written, possibly 10 points. Part uh, expose on not going to be some part, but let's Listen, get into it. We're getting we're going to do something special, okay? Because it is podcasting in prime time. As I told you, Meta World Peace. What? What? what I don't. Need, he needs no introduction. He he's been on the podcast before. He, he. I don't need to set him up. He's just like it's just it's just he keeps it as real as it gets. He's one of my favorite guests that you have too. Just he, and, and he came back. He's got a new book coming out. We're talking playoffs. We're talking about his book, and we're talking shit with Meta World Peace. Um. Listen, the thing that we're going to do uh, here on this podcast is uh, we're, I told you we were going to do it, and we're doing it. Um, and it's all the fans, but specifically my man Mike Schaefer, who, a.k.a. the sick fuck whisperer. And I hate giving shout-outs without giving shout-outs to everybody else. Shout-out to the entire Rapper Pack, mm-hmm. to all the fans. But the sick fuck whisperer is out of control. Um, he's sending me sick fucks, and he's sending me people that are possibly beyond sick fucks. So today on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is a groundbreaking, breakthrough, soon-to-be award-winning segment. It's called Sick Fuck or Beyond Sick Fuck with judge and jury, Mr. Dean Collins. Can I have a gavel? Is there a way for me to get the gavel in the room? We're not going to actually have a gavel in here. Okay, uh, we're going to fill that in with uh, uh, the production value of the Dust Brothers. Uh, we're going to add a gavel. Well, you don't need to say that. It could, it could well, have been a gavel. Well, then you shouldn't ask. You just fucking uh, that's ruined right. the I magic trick. It. It's like, is there a rabbit up your sleeve? Sorry. Yeah, there's a fucking Sorry. rabbit up my sleeve. I actually do have a gavel that I brought over because I heard we were doing this segment, and it was, it was the first time that we're doing it, so I'm excited. Before we get into sick fuck or beyond the sick fucks, um, me and you have been talking about this endlessly. Um, DJ Khalid... <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, came out, I think he was on uh, uh, The Breakfast Club where this first started with Charlemagne the God. Uh, shout out to Charlemagne the God who's killing it. Yes. 
killing it, killing it, killing it. Uh, DJ Khaled, somehow, I didn't watch the whole interview, I just watched the clips, somehow, some way, uh, got into a conversation about uh, being a king and being humble. Yeah, he, he humble. He's a humble king. You know, that that's his son. That's you his know? son. He's talking about being king and the queen. And I don't service the queen. The queen services the king. The king, yeah. And, 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 and what he meant was he doesn't go down on women. Right. Because queens, they service the king and the kings <laughs> don't service uh, whatever. It's got so damn yeah, confused. Yeah, it's a fucking... Uh, we've been talking about that. And, and, and the thing that I wanted to ask is why would someone, number one... Not want to do that because, in my opinion, that's not just servicing the the queen. That, and I know, and, and not everybody's a king, and not everybody's a queen. Let, let, let's just yeah, let, let's go with that. Some people are just fucking regular dudes. You know, from fucking kings and queens always have servants, right? So, so who are the fucking yeah, servants? Right, right. Who are the workers? Who's the security? Like right. everybody's like, I'm a king. I'm a king. Nah, I don't think necessarily right. you're living the lifestyle of a king. I don't think your mentality is very king. Like, not talking about DJ Khan. I'm just saying in general, everybody's claiming kingsmanship. Like if you're like from England, you can, you know, and there's like, there's a king. There's a king very of England. Very few. There's one king of England, right. but there's like thousands of kings here in the United States. No, everybody's I, I a fucking king. I get it. I got you. No, one, no not everybody's not a king. Not everybody's a fucking king just because you say you're a king. Right. And your girl... And this is no one specific. I don't know if she's a queen. She's not really carrying herself like a queen. Not at all. Okay, but that's diverting the point. DJ Khaled was very clear yeah. on the fact that he does not uh, 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 muff dive. No. He doesn't uh, carpet munch. He doesn't eat the box. No. And he was very clear on the fact that he doesn't do that. Um, and for me, I've realized that like that, Cunnilingus. Let's use a proper cunnilingus. Yes. Cunnilingus is the is the scientific term. Yeah, is is something that takes a certain uh, 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 amount of practice. Yes, and a skill set. Um, and when you when you perfect that, and yes. I don't think I've perfected it, it opens up a whole world. Yes. I'm, now I'm just I think realizing DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. He's he's a, a heavy heavy fellow. I would say more than heavy. He's, okay, he's, he's a big, a, he's big boy. A, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a big boy. Fucking, he likes those fucking donuts. He, he likes those them. beignets. He likes those fucking donuts. He likes he likes to eat. Right. He's the king. He's the king. But and the king has been working out every day. But yet he, sometimes so, two times a day. I'm working out with my trainer. Not once. Working out twice. Twice. And I'm like, where are the results at? And we're like, yo, where are the results? If you got you your own trainer. You got your own workout gear. You got your own kettlebells. What are the results? Yo, he got a palace, though. I know you got a palace. Yo, yo, but why don't you, you run around that shit? Yo, and and when you run around it, run past the kitchen. Like, don't stop in the kitchen. Just just keep going. Like, run another sprint. Like, sprint past the kitchen. Like, you know how you do when you run? You do, like, start and stop, slow and fast. Like, run fast past yeah, the kitchen. Yeah, go, go, go fast. Anyway. DJ Khaled said that. We've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, LeBron James, uh, uh, we, we don't need to talk about him anymore. The Cleveland Cavaliers are waiting in vain for the Philadelphia 76ers uh, and Boston Celtics to figure out what they're going to do. And the Houston Rockets are playing the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. CP3? Yes. Listen, I want to see you do your thing, my man. I'm a big fan. We, we all know that things have never went well mm -hmm. for you personally against the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry last night uh, had a chance to, I think, take a layup. He pulled up from eight feet behind the three. 
I watched it in replay and I showed my wife. I said, this is why this motherfucker's on some other shit because he had a fast break and instead of going to take a layup, which most coaches will say, go as close to the basket as you can. Right. Or if you're going to shoot the three, go as close to the three-point line as you possibly can. He was like, nah, fuck nah. all that. I'm pulling up from, from back here. Like, I'm pulling up from the four-point shot in the big three tournament shot. Like, they should just call the four-point shot in the big three the Steph Curry shot. That's, that's a good point. There's some, there's some people that are like, they're like fucking robots. Like LeBron. Like, I, I would not be surprised if he was a robot. Yeah. I want to see what's underneath. Like, yeah. Like, those dudes are on another level. Um, so that's going down. Houston versus Golden State. Golden State's going to win that series. It, they have to win that series. Okay. I, I I don't know what I'll do if Houston plays Cleveland. I'm, I'm rooting Because I'm not them. a Houston fan, and I'm not a Cleveland fan. I right. need Golden State to win that. Kevin Durant, easy money sniper, doing the damn thing. But the anticipation is palpable. Everybody is on the edge of their seat for the first ever game of sick fuck or beyond oh, yeah. sick fuck. Let's get to it. Okay. Dean is the judge. Now, this is the way this is going to go. I am going to lay out a sick fuck, and Dean is going to say, yes, this is your everyday sick fuck, or or this person, this situation is beyond the sick fuck. So I'm going to go, you could comment on it and all that stuff, but at the end of it, you have to go, that's just your basic sick fuck, or no, Michael, that's beyond the sick fuck. A Hong Kong man who strangled his ex-girlfriend in a jealous rage before hiding her body in a bedroom wardrobe closet and fleeing to mainland China, was captured and found guilty of murder last Tuesday. The verdict, 6-1, to one, was, dist- was figured out in the high court of China. This guy, I can't pronounce his last name, but it, it, it's written as Mock. His Not last Fock. name is Mock. Mock. What's that, his first name? I, I can't. I'm not even going to try to do it. Like his last name is Mock. I think you're a sick fuck of the week for having your last name be Mock, and you're beyond sick fuck of the week for murdering and strangling your ex girlfriend. Okay. I don't know. There's nothing really. Not much else to say about that. The verdict's in. All right. This is gonna. This is gonna be a, your first test. I think. Is this a Great. sick fuck or is this beyond the sick fuck? Let me hear you. I know who this guy is. Dwayne Trotter. Longtime former announcer for the Memphis Grizzlies will spend two months in jail, two months in the fucking can for taking videos up the skirt mm. of several women while at church. Oh, shit. Is this a sick fuck or is this beyond the sick fuck? Now, you've listened to the sick fuck of the week segment. It is an award that is earned, not given. It is an award that's earned, not given. Is this a sick fuck or... Beyond the sick fuck. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I mean, look, you're a sick fuck for, for filming girls uh, up their skirts. Regardless, you hear that? You're a fucking sick fuck. You're, you're a creep. But you're doing it in church? It's like, man, that, that goes beyond sick fuck. It's like you're gonna, if you're going to do it anywhere and be a sick fuck, you better not fucking do it at church. All right? You're the judge. Those are, those are two back-to-back. I think, I think our fan base might say that's just a basic sick fuck of the week. You think that's just sick fuck? Yeah, because there's going to be some... The, the, you, I'll let you... I'll okay, let you you made sure your gets- decision. Listen, you made your decision. He's spending two months in jail. It happened in church, uh, a place of uh, worship. Yes. Uh, I just don't want to be casual about it. Like, you're, you're fucking looking up girls' skirts like you're a sick fuck. I get it. You're, but, you're the boss. You're the boss. Yeah. Uh, put it to the test here. Okay. Let me Judge hear Judge Collins. In New York, 
And these are, uh, uh, if you saw these people, uh, Jolene and Martin LaFrance. Oh, God. Uh, both, both actually look like sick fucks, which is not a surprise. If you look up these sick fucks, Jolene and Martin LaFrance, 99.9% of the time, a sick fuck of the week candidate will actually look like a sick fuck. A couple in New York concocted a bogus story about their son having late-stage cancer and used the fake fucking diagnosis to raise over $3,000 from unknowing donors. Authorities said they have now arrested Martin LaFrance and Jolene LaFrance, both 35, both look like sick fucks. They were booked on charges and so on and so on and so on. Didn't you recommend the documentary? I did. What was, was the, the documentary? First thing I was thinking it's called Mommy Dead and Dearest. And that That's- is a beyond sick fuck because they put the mother put the girl through a whole bunch of shit for the, like for 10 years of her life, shaving her head, raising a lot more money than $3,000. I'm going to go with you know, I've heard the story before, but I'm going to have to say this is a sick fuck of these these are sick fucks of the week. I'm not going to go beyond because it didn't go over the $3,000 line. And I hope that they didn't put this kid through any, you know, traumatic experience. That alone is like fucking terrible. But we're going to have to, I'm just going to have to. Just smack the fucking gavel. Use the fucking gavel. Well, I'm trying to do it, but the sound of, so I'm going, that's the sick fuck of the week. That's called the sick fuck of the week. Uh, a case fucking closed. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Judge Collins. Yeah. Let me oh, hear the next one. This one's a good one. Uh, and if you look up these two people, it's a, it's a daughter and her mom, Erica Gutilla, and her mom, uh, 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 Carmen. Look them up. Okay. They look like a pair of sick fucks. The mother and daughter sick fuck combo. A Vermont woman was charged the other day with murdering her living boyfriend with the help of her mother. And keeping the corpse in a trash bin on the porch for months before dumping the corpse in the fucking woods. Do you need any more information? I'm going to just have to say beyond sick fuck. Reason being, why the fuck are you keeping it on the porch in a trash bin out in the open for months? It's dump it in the woods the next fucking morning. Why? You know, do you know what a fucking dead body smells like? Do you know after a month? I know what a dead a, cat smells like. Exactly. Now, after a month Whew. of a fucking dead body just rotting away, I don't understand why you're keeping it outside. You're sick fuck for doing what you did, but you're beyond sick fuck for just like, and that's like, oh, I'm going outside to go get the paper. And then I'm coming back in to bring in the mail. And it's like, oh, and there's the fucking body right there. Go fucking dump them in the woods. <laughs> like everybody else like does. Like everyone else does. Go, dump, fucking go hole. dump the dead body in the woods like everybody everyone else, else fucking it's does. It's the last time I'm going to dig a hole. Yeah. Judge Judge Collins, listen, you're making the tough, hard-nosed decisions, I'm trying, and I respect man. it. I'm trying. Florida woman. Here we go. Okay. I'm you, ready. you know when it starts off with Florida, Florida woman. Florida, that's all. It, it's going to be a sick fuck, but it's going to be the type of sick fucks that'll probably bring a smile to your face. Okay. Uh, a woman in St. Per- Petersburg, Florida, called 911. She had called a delivery service Good. and ordered beer. Yes. The beer hadn't arrived, yes. so she called 911 to report the missing beer, the missing delivery person, not once, but twice, two fucking times. What did she say on, to the operator? 
Uh, they, a, they ha- unfor- unfortunately, unfortunately, they haven't released the tapes yet. I'm waiting uh, a tooth and nail, uh, endlessly, sleeplessly to get these uh, these tapes. You know, th- th- this this story is more common than you think. I've heard of uh, of other people doing it for for burgers that have arrived late or why they call nine one one. They called nine one one. Wendy's is closed. What do I do? And they go, sir, this is nine one one. Why the fuck are you calling me? Because well, it's closed, and they told me it was going to be this. So I've heard this story. I'm 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 really not even going to say that this is a sick. I don't think that this is. Uh, a sick fuck of the week, and I don't think that this is beyond sick fuck of the week. I think this is really um, an underwhelming story. That you know what? Maybe she was high. Maybe she really fucking wanted that beer. She, she didn't know who to call. Her lazy man. fucking ass to yeah, the store and got it herself. It. Yeah, do it. But you know what? You're you're slightly a sick fuck because that call right. could have been busy for someone who really needed. Um, so I some think service. You, I have to override you. I have to say that is at least a sick fuck of the week. I, I just don't know if it's a sick fuck of I the week. I didn't say sick fuck think, of the week. I, I, I just think it's. I just think it's a uh, like you're a fucking idiot. You're like that's the the idiot of the week. I don't think that's a sick fuck of the week. I think I think you could do better, Michael. Okay. I think you could do better. Oh, you mean as as like as I, a, I, like I, like as a podcaster know, and a reporter? Yeah, like I, like that story to me should have never made the list. Okay, that's my opinion. Okay. All right. Well, uh, this one. This one is I good. I want a juicy one. This one's good. This one is really good. Okay. And 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 the woman, uh, uh, Julia Marie Hayworth, thirty. Okay. Doesn't look like your conventional sick fuck of the week. Yeah, she sounds like a normal name. She's she's Julia you know, Hayworth. Kind of pretty, like, like she's like you know she like if you if she was on one of your dating apps you yeah, might go oh, Julia Hayworth thirty swipe right. yeah you might like say okay yeah yeah let's go out for a drink okay a woman in Alaska. Julia, who I just mentioned, the the aforementioned Jalu, Julia. Oh, small town. Ordered a man. Oh, whoa. O- ordered a man how? To rape another man. Whoa. Who owed her $15,000 for alcohol and marijuana. A woman in Alaska ordered a man as punishment to rape another man because he owed her essentially 15 K. Or ordered the man to rape the man who owed her. Yes. The the punishment, like, yo, that motherfucker owes me money. So don't it, beat him up. No, no, don't beat him. It, it wasn't, don't beat it him wasn't, up like everybody. I need had. a hitman who's not gonna kill him and just just fucking whack him over the head and grab his wallet and give me my fucking cash. But I want you to fucking ruin this guy's life by raping him. You really there we see this is what i'm saying this is the kind of story that i need to listen to to really get my mind wrapped around it i'm just i'm gonna slam the gavel down and say that is a beyond sick fuck of the week because i never heard of that type of shit i'm not gonna fucking hire another man not to kill not to fucking beat up but to rape another man they didn't even want to take the money they're like just, just, just. Where is she? Basically, where is she? They're in Alaska. They I'm arrested so her. I'm so fucking happy I didn't come across her on Tinder. That's all I could tell you. Because I would have fucking swiped. I would have seen Alaska, 30, Julia Hayworth, and I would have swiped. And I could have, it could have fucking saved me. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't that have stolen anything you. from her, but that, that could have been, been fucking you. me. I'm going beyond, beyond sick fuck. All right. That was good. All right. You really fucking redeemed yourself right. on that last one. All right. Good, good, good. Um, NFL player Reuben Foster. Okay. I don't make any light um, jokes about any domestic violence. Okay. Okay. But the second thing that he was accused of, uh, Reuben Foster, is an NFL player, is a linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. Not only was he accused of domestic violence, which automatically takes him out of the sick fuck discussion. For sure. As he's, he's beyond the sick fuck. Right. But he also, in a fit of rage, 
threw his girlfriend's dog across oh. the room. Oh, you're a fucking... Where did he throw... Did he throw it at her? Or was he just like, I'm fucking angry. Here's a, the dog. I'm just, you're, you're, the you, dog. Are, you, are you needing details, I don't to, need to, details. To, give, to give your... Uh, uh, well, a judge needs to fucking listen to two sides of the story. He threw the dog in a fit of rage. Remember your dog Jackson that you don't liked when... Don't fucking I- talk <laughs> about Jackson like that. You always bring Jackson up. Rest in fucking peace, Jackson. He was a great rest dog. Rest in power. Nine, rest in power. Nine and a half fucking years. And you'd say, oh, where's fucking Jackson? Say, he fucking died. We'll put you on the fucking sick fuck of the week list. I'm going to go with domestic violence. You're fucking sick in the head. And then when you bring a fuck, and then when you're doing animal cruelty, that's a double sick fuck, which when you do a double sick fuck adds up to a beyond the sick fuck of the week. Don't you ever fucking touch an innocent, harmless animal and throw him across the room and you're going to beat your girlfriend? Fry the fuck. Put him in the fucking chair. I'm not going to argue with Judge Collins. 21-year-old guy. The world's most modified youth. I'm anointing him a sick fuck. A kid named Ethan Bramble. Why Uh, these people do this to themselves, I don't know. The world's most modified youth, meaning he's got plugs, he's got ears, he's got tattoos, he's got tattoos. tattoos, The whole fucking top to bottom. He's got things in his mouth and dangling shit right. and, you know, pierces here and pierces here and all sorts of shit. He looks like a fucking sick fuck. You this hate is your not fucking art, father, Ethan brother. Bramble. You hate your father, you not me. Yeah, you yes. hate your father, not your school teacher. It's not your science teacher's fault. Well, what did he do? He's just distorted his whole body despite nearly choking on his own spit and risking permanent blindness in one procedure. He says, ain't no party, to, like a tattoo party, because a tattoo party don't stop. Is that what you got? He's tattooed his, his eyeballs and removed his belly button. You know what? Fuck, man. Uh, this, this makes me think about Marilyn Manson removing a... Uh... What does that look like to you? Yeah, all right. Does all that right. not look like a sick fuck I, I of the week? I see him. I see him. You're hey, scaring like the kids. A, listen, you're scaring the kids. You're for scaring sure. the fucking kids. You're scaring the kids. Marilyn Manson removed a rib at one point so that he could go down on himself and give himself blowjobs. You've heard that, right? You've heard that, right? Marilyn Manson actually removed two ribs so that he can that he can blow himself. Now, these are certain things that people have been doing for for years. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and say... Now, why would anyone want to blow themselves? And why would they want to like make a long-term decision to be like, I, I don't even really want to blow myself. I want to do it for the rest of my life. Because like, you know how it's, it's hard. You know, Every guy, I feel like, at one point has tried to be like, can I do that to myself? <laughs> my man. I'm not talking about me. I'm you just, said every guy. I'm just you ain't every talking guy. about me. I'm talking about you. And you ain't talking about me, Duke. Well, you fucking told me something like that now, the other day. I never day. told you nothing, yeah, you Duke. You said something. I never but, told you nothing, but Duke. But I will say... Uh, um, my guy Ethan Bramble. I think the only thing that makes him a sick fuck is that is the last name. It's just if you're gonna get married to a girl, I would say take her last name. I don't think you don't this qualifies think walking as a around sick fuck. horrifying and scaring the shit out of children. Like he's uh, frightening looking. I think that, and I, he wants people to be scared of him. So you want to be a ghoul in real yes, life form? No, I think that these little Zans, little whatever. No, no, I think no, no, that that's not little getting, Zan. Little Zan got a little yeah, scribble. He's like a fucking reptile, man. Let him live. I say let him live. So you're saying he's not a sick fuck? I'm saying week? I've heard sicker. I've I want to put this up. I want to put this up to the fans. I've heard sicker. Is this guy Ethan Bramble? In the consideration as a sick fuck of the week. You see the picture. You tell me what I've you think. Sicker. I'm not saying he doesn't look fucking crazy and scary. And I would never trust him around any kid. 
but do I think that he makes a sick fuck of the week list? I think I could find you a better sick fuck. All right, that's all I'm saying. This is a sign languaging sick fuck of the week. A okay. female sign language teacher. Okay. She's a teacher. And she does sign language. A 30-year-old female sign language teacher admits to romps with a 15-year-old schoolgirl in a classroom in guess what state? Florida. Florida. How did I know? Shocker. So a 30-year-old sign language teacher has been having sex with a 15-year-old student, a girl. This is a female teacher, female student. And she's a teacher who teaches disabled kids how to sign. I, I, you know, I don't even think that the, the handicap, um, the sign language thing even really plays a part in the story. I think that it is really, that's just fucked up that she's a sign language teacher and she's doing all that shit. But anytime a teacher is uh, uh, abusing and sexually assaulting a minor is just, you're on the beyond the sick fuck list. There's not sick fuck. It's not, oh, that's a sick fuck of the week. It's you're beyond the sick fuck of the week. You just ruined that child's life. Okay. They're traumatized. You're beyond sick fuck. And, and, and you're fucking sick for being a sign language uh, teacher that, that deals with handicapped kids. You shouldn't be near fucking children. You shouldn't be near anybody. Okay. You shouldn't be in society. You should be locked up. And you look like shit from what I could see. Uh, guilty. You're the fucking beyond the sick fuck. All right. Judge Collins, listen, you have a lot of responsibility I'm, making I'm these. Fucking, I'll be honest with you. If it's a sick fuck, I'll tell you. If it's beyond, I'll tell you. If it's not a sick fuck, I'll tell you. Great. All right. Finally. If anybody looks like a sick fuck, it's this woman, Patricia Ann Tumbish. Tumbish. Patricia Ann, I think it's Patricia Ann Tumbush. And I'll say this, if you're even in the discussion of sick fuck or beyond the sick fuck of the week, I'm not going to try to learn to pronounce your name correctly. You, you, you don't get the respect of that. Right. I think it's Patricia Ann Tumbush. You don't Everybody keep... look her up. Yep. South Carolina woman Ugh. was arrested and charged... For beating her husband with a brass cross, assaulting him, the husband suffered injuries. The husband also suffers from Alzheimer's. Oh, my God. Now, is this woman, you look at the picture, you can't judge a book by the cover, but is this woman, based on the charges, you can't judge a book by her cover, you got to be fair. Fucking Freddy Krueger's taking the brass fucking cross. What is this, a religious thing? I don't know. Her Do you hus- know any details about it? Ah, listen, I don't know any details. I know that her husband was assaulted with a brass cross, and the husband also has Alzheimer's. And we don't know if there was a fight. We don't know. Well, it, it, he could. I mean, for all I we mean, know, she has looks like she has no teeth, and and she absolutely has no lips. What's she, her name? Patricia Ann Tumbush. Yeah, for all we know, he could have been like Mary. They could have been having sex, and he could have called her Mary. He didn't know, and she, and she got pissed that he didn't call her fucking Patricia. And, Take that brass fucking cross out. You got Alzheimer's. You're beyond sick fuck of the week. He has Alzheimer's. Yes. And you're fucking beating him with a cross. Was this the fucking exorcist? You're taking a brass fucking cross and beating your husband who has Alzheimer's? Hit the gavel. A fucking... I fucking hit it. You're guilty of being a beyond sick fuck of the week. You rotten fucking hell. You disgusting woman, Patricia. All right. What can I say? See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast in primetime, the first ever Sick Fuck of the Week or Beyond the Sick Fuck of the Week segment. We want to hear from you, the fans. You tell us what you think about these sick fucks. Are they sick fucks or beyond sick fucks? Court is adjourned.
Coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, a man who tells it like it is, needs no introduction, my man, Meta World Peace. Hello? Hi, I have Meta World Peace on the line. All right, this is Michael Rapport, the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Awesome, thank you so much. I'll patch him in. All right. What's up? Everything is good, my man. NBA champion, yeah. icon, and now author. Always keeps it 150% authentic. Meta World Peace is rocking with me again on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. How are you, my man? Everything's great. It's good to be back, you know, rocking with you all the time. You know how we do it. So... All right, before we get into this book, which I didn't even know you were doing, I know how hard it is to write a book. I got to ask you where we are in the playoffs. Would you ever imagine in all your years of being a basketball fan, being a basketball player, being a a world-class competitor, that we would see somebody compete at the level of LeBron James 15 seasons into it after playing all 82 games? So he played all 82 games this year? He played wow. all 82 games, Meta. Plus, obviously, we know what he's done in the playoffs. Plus, he led the league in, in minutes played during the regular season. I mean, you know how, listen, I like to break his balls, but I, 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 he's leaving me like I'm, I'm, I'm running out of room here. I mean, there's it, it, it's a couple ways you can play all 82 games. Definitely, you can't practice all the time. So the and I'm really interested to see, like, if, if he's practicing or if he's just, like, you know, kind of taking it easy, doing some training camp. I'm very interested to know about that. It's definitely possible to do. Some coaches over-practice, mm. and then they wear their players out. You see what I'm saying? So, like, when Kobe, the last game Kobe had 60, he wasn't, like, practicing like that. He was getting ready for the game. Some players really don't need to practice. But sometimes you do need to practice to keep that cohesion. Mm-hmm. But when Iverson was like, practice, you know, when Iverson said practice, mm-hmm. practice, like he was, he was, he, people didn't understand it, but he's kind of right. When you get to a point in time, you just have to have a good body. You don't need to be out there killing your body in practice. So that, that could be part of the reason why he's playing 82 games. It's very smart on his part. And um, LeBron is just a smart guy. Um. The other person who who has uh, been the bell of the ball in the playoffs, and you competed against him. I mean, everybody you play against, uh, uh, you know, they remember it because you you went uh, hard against everybody. James Harden, should he be the regular season MVP? And and does the regular season MVP mean anything if you don't win a ring? So it's a twofold question, Mister uh, Mister World Peace. The regular season MVP means a lot when you get MVP. You can say that you are the most valuable player in the in, in the league. Now, if they want to just have one MVP, that that would be different. One MVP end of the year, that that might not be fair because you might not have a team. Mm. You know, you got to you know like Carl Malone, you know, or, or Stockton. So yeah, regular season MVP is very it, it makes a lot of sense and and it's very important. And then yeah, James Harden should absolutely get the MVP. Um, all right, you wrote a book, No Malice, My Life in Basketball, or How a Kid from Queensbridge Survived the Streets, the Brawls, and Himself to Become an NBA Champion. Um, what what compelled you to write the book, my man? 
Well, you know, people thought my life was interesting. I didn't think it was that interesting. <laughs> they came to me and said, hey, let's do a book. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to do a book, but they said, let's do the book. So I said, okay, if you want to do a book, let's do a book. And then we got into it. Me and Ryan Dempsey started to, you know, write the book together. Uh, Triumph is, you know, distributing the book. And it was a great team. Um, and then we started to get into it. They started to interview my parents, interview friends. Mm. Phil Jackson wrote the forward. And I told them, if we do this book, let's just keep it real gutter and, and, and real and uncensored. And, you know, not just, I don't want it to be like a typical book about some, you know, fun times. I want it just to be real. And uh, that's what we did. How, how was it hard for you to like? I mean, you always keep it uh, genuine. Um, you know, you're you're just who you are, and I think that's why you know people are attracted to you. People also are attracted to your story in terms of you know what their impressions are, who you are today. We've watched you grown up. We've watched you grow up. If we're fans of basketball, uh, you know, from St. John's to the Pacers to obviously the incident to you know being the first player I ever saw in any sport. Talk openly about you know your personal struggles uh, uh, with mental uh, health and all that stuff. Was it hard to like really go deep? Because with a book, you know, you can keep going and keep going and keep going. Like, did you feel like uncomfortable about anything? Like, what was the sort of the boundary that you put up, or are there no boundaries in the book? The only boundary I put up was talking about like teammates or talking about anything that was in locker rooms or mm. some difference I had with some guy, you know, I tried, I tried to stay away from that. I did mention the stuff about Ben Wallace, but it wasn't about like anything that was, um, some good stories or anything. It was just like the experience in the bro, you know? So I talked a little bit about that, but I didn't, I didn't want to make it like some tell all right. about people I hate and stuff like that. I wanted it to be about, you know, more, what I've been through, you know, getting into my head and kind of open up a little bit. And yeah, some things was uncomfortable. I didn't want to talk about I talked about a lot of my career, but uh, I said, you know, let's just do it. People might think it's interesting. I like to go out and talk and give my, uh, you know, and give some experiences. So I want, I want to do more speaking engagements, talk about the book a little bit and where I'm at now, you know, doing, uh, you know, digital marketing and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's a total 360 plus in my life. Yeah, I mean, I think you should. You know, we talked about this before, but I think that because you're such an interesting person, your your story is so interesting, and you're just so point blank honest. I think it would be good, especially young people, uh, whether they they're into ball or not. You know, because you're gonna, you know, where you came from and all the shit that you've been through uh, uh, before you played in the league, and then you know, going through the adversity and then coming out on the other side of it. Because as as you know, like. Uh, you had your back up against the wall uh, after the incident. When you travel, what's the question besides the, the malice at the palace? What's the player or the personality that you get asked the most about? Is it Kobe? Is it Phil Jackson? Is it LeBron? Like, who, who are people most curious about in terms of people you, you, you competed against and people that you uh, uh, were coached by? I get asked about Kobe the most and then maybe Phil Jackson. Everybody want to know how it feel and his practices, you know, and um, I, I still want to know more about Phil, quite honestly. I'm, I was I was a fan, you know, as a kid. Like, I grew up Phil Jackson on that sideline, and I had a chance to play against him 10 years in my career. Um, every time I seen Phil, I was always in awe. I was always like, wow, they go Phil Jackson. <laughs> just my favorite. Just, you know, it was amazing. And just to see him every day, 
I, I was very lucky to be able to see Phil every single morning. That's crazy. How many people get a chance to see? You know how many people get a chance to see Phil Jackson every single morning? <laughs> it's amazing. And and I see on your your Instagram stories, you know, you you talk about it. You were working with the Lakers uh, G League team. You you know, you work with your son, um, and and now I see you like uh, you know out there coaching. Like, how serious uh, uh, are you about potentially coaching? And what level would you want to coach at? I want to coach at the highest level, and the highest level is people who are dedicated. Mm. And I want to, and, and and also, I'm 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 spoiled by playing basketball and generating revenue. So <laughs> although I'm not in the, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I still want to be in that field. Sports is a huge market. And then like being inspired is like a huge market. People love to be inspired. So I'm hoping I can do it at the NBA level. But if I can't, with the platforms that we have, with the amount of smart people, you know, that we have, you know, I should be able to still coach kids and still move around city to city. And that's what we're trying to do now. If if you were to pick one coach in the NBA right now that you could be an assistant under, like right now, if you, you forget the team, but just one coach who you know you would learn, who you know would prepare you to potentially be a head coach, who would it be in the NBA right now? I mean, I mean, if honestly, right now, I want to just be a head coach. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. But the thing is this. If somebody said, hey, would you want to join my staff? I won't say no. And, I, and actually, uh, and actually I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to go back to the South Bay Lakers. So that's somewhere I do want to go back to because I enjoyed it. Right. But like, but, uh, and, and I enjoy working under, you know, Coach Carl. And, I'm, and not even as an assistant. I was a development coach. And that's fun. Like, I had so much fun with the guys. So it's not like an ego thing. It's more like I would, just, I would love to be a head coach. <laughs> But like, what coaches in the NBA are like, like teachers, guys that you know, like you can still learn from? Because one of the things that I, I always, you know, uh, talk about with your game is that you had a skill set. Like, you know, people are like, oh, he's tough. Oh, he's erratic. Oh, he, you know, he's he's a goon. But like your skill set, you were multifaceted, and, and that doesn't just come, uh, you know, by by waking up. Like you understood um, and understand the nooks and crannies of footwork, spacing defense and all that stuff and as much as you've learned and as much as you've played uh thus far what coach in the nba you know do you think is is a great teacher right now i think um so towards the end of my career i learned the most in my last like three four years from like watching stephen curry mm. you know i learned so much you know just i watched him and i went to the games i went to the finals and i just watched the golden state warriors play watch curry and I can learn from anybody that's good. It doesn't matter, you know. But I think, like, you know, uh, it's a lot of great coaches. It's a lot of players that know a lot. I learn the most from passionate people. Because okay. Just because I know basketball and I'm practicing with some kids, your brain will figure it out. Like, if you're trying something, like, you'll figure it out. And I want to know, like, how did you do it? You know, so it's not about, like, how many years you've been coaching and all that. It's about how passionate you are. You know, because you can learn, you can learn from passionate people. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Carl is somebody that you know I call over the last. I've been calling him for the last five years, just asking him things about coaching as a player. So, Carlisle, PJ, um, I even I might even call Mike Brown a couple of times, but I had the most experience with Coach Carlisle. I've been with him the longest. I got you. Um, this summer, 
I'm going to be on the sidelines, big three. I see you, you know, you're playing, yeah, yeah. you're coaching. Like, are, are you in shape right now? And what, what could people expect by seeing you back on the court? Because you're going to be a fan favorite. Like, everybody's excited. Meta World Peace, the big three. Are you ready to go? Are you going to be, like, you know, uh, heavy breathing? What do you got in the tank, Meta? I mean, you know, um, I don't think I'm going to be the same player I was in 2004. Uh-huh. But I'm, not, I'm definitely going to play the whole season. I know uh, I'm not going to miss games. I don't know how good I'm going to be, quite honestly. Um, but I'm very excited to play. Um, but I see Steven Jackson, like, hammering away at the weight, eating metal, and, like, <laughs> you know, running across seas. <laughs> you know, I haven't ran across any seas. But I'm going I'm to I'm give it my all. I'm going to play hard. I'm going to try to do it. Hopefully I can get better throughout the season. You know, and I, and I kind of started working out already. So I'm going to be okay. Maybe the first game, I might, maybe the first couple of games, I might struggle a little bit. But I should be okay. Um, I should be okay throughout the season and, 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 and put on the good show. I mean, um, it's just so impressive to see, you know, Ice Cube do this league. I mean, I'm just, I'm just so excited for it and has a big future. I, I want to be able to contribute, be a part of it, support it, and all that. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be – I can't wait to see you out there. I know we're going to have fun. And, you know, one thing that I, I got to see was all the players and all the coaches, you know, the old-timers, Ice, uh, Iceman and Doc, and then, of course, the players just, you know, having fun and the camaraderie that you guys share in this special, you know, this fraternity of, you know, NBA players. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing you out there. I know people are. And I'm looking forward to reading No Malice, my life in basketball, uh, by Meta World Peace, uh, NBA champion, and now author, and I'm I'm suspecting soon to be New York Times bestseller. How fucking crazy would that be? From Queensbridge to the New York Times bestselling list, would that be fucking crazy? That would, that's crazy. You know, that would be that would be pretty impressive. I hope that many people are interested, and I hope when people read it, they say, "Oh wow, it's a good book." You know, and. Uh, It'll be all because of Ryan Dempsey. <laughs> Ryan Dempsey was the man. <laughs> you know, Ryan Dempsey did a great job. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, from, who would have known? Like, you always want to do a book. You see books, and now I have the opportunity to, to put out a book, you know. And uh, how many of my friends I can say that put out a book? You know, we, we've, been, we've been through so much, uh, you know, growing up out in New York City. So I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. My, my final question, where we are today, in, in early May, Based on everything we know and, and everybody being relatively healthy at this point in the season, Meta World Peace, who will be walking away with the jewelry come late June? Well, that's a, that's a great question, you know. And um, I said Golden State. I, I was hoping Philly could somehow do a mir- or, uh, make a miracle, but that didn't happen. But, I mean, I just don't know how Golden State loses. And, you know, LeBron's, LeBron's my favorite player, right? Okay, so... Yeah, I would love to see LeBron win. I'll be happy. Like, wow, he did it. You know, I really enjoy watching him play. But I don't know how can um, Golden State lose? I don't see it. I can't. I can't see them losing. I agree. I agree. I, I, I'm with Golden State, but I mean, I like LeBron has been just, I mean, ridiculous, and he deserves a break. And that sweep and the the, the seven games versus Indiana uh, were were just. I mean, I I got nothing to say. Listen. I'm happy uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, for you. Congratulations on the book. I can't wait to see you out there doing the big three. Get the book, No Malice, My Life in Basketball by the author, Meta World Peace. Yo, I appreciate you rocking me once again on the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast, my man. Absolutely. Mike, you know how we do. Appreciate you. 
and let's do it again. Absolutely, absolutely, my man. I'll I'll talk to you soon, and sincerely, congratulations on the book, bro. Thank you. All right, man. All right, coming up next, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, official, unofficial, international roving reporter, my man, Eli Lake, breaking down everything that's going on, foreign, domestic, in the world at large. Coming up now, my main man, Eli Lake. Yo. Eli. Oh, man, good to hear from you. How you doing, my man? You know, um, I was doing a lot better, like, before the second round of the playoffs started. Listen, it's a process. You guys uh, know this. And, uh, you know, you thought shit was sweet. And shit ain't sweet in the playoffs, okay? You're getting out coached. <laughs> let, me, let me throw this at you. You're, you're, you're a staunch Philadelphia, Philadelphian. Yes. I don't know if that's the word. And, we, and our number one rival is the Celtics. Okay, but how does it feel? It must be confusing. Your coach, what is his name, Brett Brown? Yes. He's got that fucking annoying Boston accent, yet he's coaching the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you think... And half the team... And, and Ben Simmons is from Australia, so they have a whole Australian connection, too, which is new for but the do, Sixers But do you think he's a Philly. double agent for the Celtics? Like, no. he, he he might be... Like, I can't stand that no. accent, man. Like, him whining and complaining, and, and we're just going to be there. Like, I can't even do that accent. I mean... The New York accent sounds... He's the best Philly coach since, like, Larry Brown, man. Right. Okay, listen. He, he was doing great until you guys got uh, against the, the maimed, uh, lamed, hobbled Boston Celtics, and, and, and now he's got you swimming right up uh, 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 Shit's Creek. Who is Terry Rozier? Well, you know who he is now. He, he, he's good, man. He's a backup for Kyrie. You know, obviously... Terry he, is like Tim Hardaway. Yes, it's ridiculous. Where did he come from? He, he, I was expecting like we could we, we would roll them because they don't have Kyrie. That you know, I thought it was going to be like Ben Simmons was shook until last game. You know, very good game, but the star of that game was T.J. McConnell. Yeah. Well, and, listen, your point guard needs to be able to shoot. You know, at least yes. professional distance from the from the rim. Okay. So I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan. I'm a, I'm a Philadelphia fan in general. I, you're an Iverson guy. That's the thing. This goes to Iverson. Like I'm, that's my guy. Like I was a kid for Dr. J and Moses Malone, but Iverson was like my, that's my center of my Sixers universe. I love Iverson. I love that team that took one off that great Kobe and Shaq team. I don't have any, uh, you know, real vested interest in, in this series. I want Philadelphia to win. I thought they were going to win. Thank you. Um, and I, I'm, you know, wishing you, Rocky Balboa, Paulie, Adrian, uh, uh, the legacy of the great Daryl Dawkins, my man, world be free, the sound of Philadelphia, uh, Schoolie D and, and the Roots, all of it, Hall and Oates. I am behind you guys because, uh, you know, historically – uh, you know, I, I my my track record on how I feel about Boston sports uh, has been made public, um, and I'm still optimistic overall about the Sixers team. About the what? About this series? So I'm optimistic about the team going forward. I think it's going to be they're going to be really good, and I oh, hope yeah, the Knicks with your new coach and I like that guy um, from Memphis. I think it's going to be good. All right, let's get to some international affairs. Uh, Eli Lake, the unofficial official international correspondent of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast um, in layman's terms. Because, you know, this is this is why I have you. 
to break it down in layman's terms, Iran, what happened with Iran? What's the conundrum with Iran? Trump said he was going to do something. He didn't do it. Give give me the, the history and where we are today with uh, what happened with the Iran deal that's been all over the news. Okay, so President Obama's big foreign policy legacy is something called the Iran nuclear deal. And I would say I'm a big critic of the deal. I thought it was weak in a lot of ways. But I don't want to get into the shop talk on what I thought of it because I said you should probably let it ride and use the uncertainty around whether the U.S. was going to be in the deal or not to pressure the Iranians to change their behavior. And that was good. And meanwhile, they were still adhering to the terms, which is letting inspectors into their declared nuclear facilities, keeping down how much like uh, the nuclear fuel that they would use for their alleged reactors. Um, in the middle of all this, they're like testing missiles, taking hostages, working with a dictator who's using chemical weapons on his own people in neighboring Syria um, and causing like havoc throughout the region. And a real problem for America's allies, both Saudi Arabia, Israel, and all those Gulf countries. And so what Trump was doing for the most of his, for the first part of his presidency, is he's saying, I don't know if I'm going to stay in this deal, but you guys better get your act together. And there was a negotiation with Europe to make the deal stronger, specifically to make, to get rid of the time limits for certain things in it for the Iranians. So it wasn't 10 or 15 years. They could enrich as much uranium as they wanted. Part of it had to do with testing of the missile program or how to deliver a nuclear device. And part of it also had to do with the inspection protocol. And there was a process that the Europeans were going to try to have side agreements with the United States to make those things better. What Trump just did today was he said, process is over, America, or no, to say America's getting out of the deal. We're going to reimpose really harsh secondary sanctions in the next 90 to 180 days, which is important because they're not taking effect right away, um, that would effectively blow up the agreement. And you, the concern is that the Iranians would then uh, kick out weapons inspectors or something dramatic. So far, that hasn't happened, but it's still early days. And there is a negotiation with the Europeans now with the Iranians to try to keep them in the deal insofar as allowing inspection of their declared nuclear facilities and... Um, you know, other sorts of things like that. Okay. So that's the bottom line. That's where we are. And what is the end result? Like, what is the end result? Because, you know, we, we, we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, once you're like a couple of days out of the loop on what the fuck is going on with the politics, it's like you got to play catch up. There's so much, you know, news, fake news, in between news, true, sort of real news. Uh, you know, I, I, it's like, so what is going to be the end result of this? And, you know, like, where's the United States and the rest of the world going to stand uh, with Iran? Okay, so keep in mind, the president in the middle of all this is going to have a breakthrough leader-to-leader summit with the dictator of North Korea, who we looked like we were going to maybe get into a war with, if you remember, a few months ago. And what he said was, eventually, if Iran wants to talk, I want to talk. And, you know, this is like a big thing with Trump, is that he likes to think of himself as the king of the deal. So in some ways, because there's 90 to 180 days, there's going to be some period of negotiations. And the early signs from the Iranians is that they're willing to negotiate for now instead of causing a nuclear crisis and kicking out inspectors. You see what I'm saying? 
that's the but that's only like a half a day at like you know we've got like that's only today because all of this just happened we could be like setting the stage for a crisis you know tomorrow or in a month or something like that um but that said i gotta say it was like there are a lot of problems with the nuclear deal and i'm not i didn't think that he should get out of it but it's like i'm not like setting too many tears you know it gave the it gave a pretty awful you know bunch of fanatics who run that country a lot of money and it kind of legitimized Iran's right to enrich uranium, which is a bit technical, but that's the way you make nuclear fuel. But before, under the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, there were only like seven countries that were allowed to do that. And it would, you know, it was a pretty significant privilege that we sort of caved to the Iranians who'd done it in kind of by international law illegally, and then sort of said, okay, you're allowed to do that now. Um, so they're just, it's a longer argument, but in my view, I think we were almost rewarding a lot of their bad behavior and setting a bad precedent overall. Now, this meeting, Trump meeting, Kim Jong-un, I'm sure I'm not saying his name right, but you know, yeah, it's no, nothing personal. Right. No disrespect to Kim Jong-un. I don't yeah. say anybody's name right. Um, right. So don't come after me and start hacking me and doing any of that craziness. Now, is, do you think this is actually going to happen? Listen, Mike Pompeo, the new Secretary of State, is on his way now which is what Trump announced to North Korea to negotiate the release of like two more American, the last two American hostages. So if he gets those, if he comes home with those hostages, that would be the kind of gesture that usually, you know, there probably will be this kind of summit. And by the way, again, it's like one of those things where, well, we've had a North Korea policy where we've negotiated through the envoys of the North Korea through um, several other countries, including China, Japan, and South Korea it was called like six party talks. So if Trump can shake, I mean, I'm not, that hasn't really produced much. It's produced a nuclear crisis in the Korean Peninsula. So this is one of those areas where Trump being a disruptor isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh. If out of that meeting, he can get some sort of durable agreement for Kim Jong-un to stop testing missiles and building nukes and threatening to blow up like Japan and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And what do you think of... Now, I know everybody's posing about it. I know that half the audience, I, you know, I, one of the reasons why I think the Rappaport Stereo Podcast is so great is because I know that you have a diverse political, you know, audience. You know, they disagree. I get it on Twitter and stuff. Uh-huh. And it's true that Trump, like, is Trump going to be the great, you know what I mean? He's kind of like a lying, carnival barking, you know, bullshit artist. He's a total con man. And that's a big part of his, like, that New York, you know what I'm saying? So could, would he pull this off? Does he know the brief well enough to pull it off? I mean, that, that is a question, I think it's a legitimate question that critics of the president and supporters of the president should ask. But the idea that it's a bad idea to meet with a, this dictator, you, I think it's only a bad idea because it legitimates him. And I'd like to, mm. you know, I don't think that, you know, that's a different argument. But th- as if he can get something out of it, like something, if he can de-escalate the crisis in some way that it's no longer, you know, then like that is a good thing. I'm, just, I'm not saying it's ever going to happen, but I think like that when we haven't gotten this far with any other president, I mean, the closest was uh, Bill Clinton when he sent his secretary of state over there. I, I agree that uh, meeting with him is a good thing. Um, and, and we have no choice but to treat him legitimately. He ain't going anywhere. So I, I think well, that. Well, no, but see, this thing. I think, I think there's a two things going on. I, the meeting, if you get something out of it, you take the risk. I'm not going to criticize it this much. But the idea that we have to then respect the sovereignty of these fucking dirtbags. I mean, you can see the prison camps from space. 
he's the last Stalinist or tell. I mean, he's the worst. There are like, you know, there, if you whole families will disappear. He's a foul, foul, evil man. And that one day the world will be rid of his family. Hopefully fingers crossed. So that part of it, but like you can achieve that still and have a face to face meeting. If you have to deal with this other crisis, right. that's a long-term strategy. You know what I'm saying? And it's not the, up to the U S it's up to Korean people. You follow me? What else uh, in world affairs um, is this exciting? Is this is it, right? As two fellow Jews this week or next week, I think um, uh, the, the, uh, there will be the dedication ceremony for the U S embassy in Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. Which means what? Well, for a long time, the U.S. Embassy was in Tel Aviv, as most capitals, with a few exceptions, were, because it did not recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel because there's still the conflict um, between the Israelis and the Palestinians that goes back to 48, but really after um, the Six-Day War in 1967. So as a result of saying this is still not settled and part of Jerusalem will have to be like part of Palestine, everybody like kept their, their embassies out. The U.S. presidents have campaigned on moving the embassy as trying to get Jewish pro-Israel votes really since Ronald Reagan. But they always said they would do it and then they didn't end up doing it. Mm. And Trump actually is going to do it. And he's about to like they're But now they're like dedicating the embassy and everything like that. And it's like a big thing. So that's happening this week. And in your most um, unbiased, fairest sort of uh, overview of Trump as as a president, Without all the fake news and without our personal opinions about the disruption and the divide, just the, the facts and the dollars and cents of him as a president dealing with international affairs uh, specifically, how do you assess him? Is he good? Is he bad? Uh, what, what can we say good about Donald Trump as a president dealing with international stuff? Because uh, you, of course, are the international uh, uh, official unofficial report of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. I think America's enemies and adversaries in the world are afraid that at any given moment, Trump can go buck wild. Uh-huh. And that of fear that he might do something really legit crazy is much to our advantage in a way because they, are gonna, they were less aggressive than they were at the end of Obama. Remember, at the end of Obama, the Russians you know, were on a rampage, you know, culminating recently under Trump with, um, you know, the use of chemical weapons in London. And, you know, what I'm saying is that I think that there is a fear with our adversaries that Trump might do something really, truly drastic. And that's what a lot of the stuff that the tariff, the trade wars he's doing, pulling out of agreements, things like that, um, which I think, you know, certainly has a downside in that allies are worried, you know, what you're going to do and, you know, whether you can keep your past agreements. And that's important. Mm. But... Also, there is a a benefit of people who are not your friends worried that, you know, you might go further than any of your predecessors. And that in some ways can be a healthy thing if it means that they will stop messing with you. Um, And then the never ending Russia collusion, not Russia collusion. Uh, Michael Cohen, do you think based on everything that you know, you're in D.C., you're from Philly, you, you, but you, you're down there in D.C. You're hobnobbing with all the big shots, all the, all, all the hot <laughs> shots down in, in D.C. Do you think, based on everything you know, Donald Trump will make it through the four years uh, that he's been elected as president thus far? Okay, first of all, I'm not Gerald Mooney. 
I'm not the co-host of Thomas. I cannot predict the future. Eli, the fact that you're still calling him that just is adding fuel to the fire. He's like one and ninety-six in his predictions. But go ahead. I understand you're 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 a moody fan. It doesn't matter when you get something like Trump, Hillary, right? You, you just you're down on that. You know what I mean? I got you. He, he, I, I got you. I got you. Because we're never hearing the fucking end of it over here. I, I mean, well, I, it's, I, it's, that's a pretty big call. The guy also said the Celtics weren't going to make the playoffs. But go ahead. Go ahead. Did he say that? Oh, yeah. He fucking said the Celtics weren't going to make the playoffs. Anyway, but let's stay focused. Okay. Um, I think I was before thought that it was good. he wasn't going to make it, and I now think he is going to make it, and he's going to relish running for re-election. Oh, and I don't God. know if he's going to win re-election, but I... I also think the Democrats are going to take back at least the half of Congress, the House, um, in November. And, you know, we'll sort of see what happens. But I think one thing is that at least so far, U.S. policy on Russia has not been what I would think the Russians would want if they controlled Trump, mm. which we were all freaked out about a year ago, if you remember. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, there's obviously some fucking shit that... I mean, I don't know what Mueller's going to end up with necessarily, but I think my suspicion is that it's going to be about who financed some of his real estate projects after he'd gone bankrupt in the 2000s and whether that was partially Russian money. Now, let me tell you something. If it ends up being like shady Russian money, that's pro- I don't know if that's going to be enough to impeach him. It's like Clinton and White War. Right. Um, if it turns out that like there was a plan to like you know recruit Trump back in 1978 or something like the Americans, well, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. I want us to know, but I don't think that that's so far. It doesn't seem like that's what happened. The most extreme end of that, um, and we'll see what the Democrats come up with. I mean, I don't know who are they going to nominate. In, you know, I that's, I was just going to ask you that. I don't know. Well, I mean, Bernie is the one who seems to be the most popular leader. Nah, Am I wrong about that? He's not going to get it done. He's too old now, right? He, he he's just not going to get it done. You need like a young Bernie would do good. I I don't think he'll win. Listen, you're in the celebrity world, man. That's the new way to win these elections. Like who can you know what I mean? Like who who in the celebrity world can do it? The Rock. He's yeah, the only one. Guy. The Rock could win because the the Rock could out shit talk him. He's smart. He's charismatic. Uh, he he could learn. You know the lines and the policies. Uh, other than that, uh, Oprah's not going to do it. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think The Rock, but I mean, like, look, listen to how fucking insane that sounds. I know that does sound insane, but it's like you have to. Th- I mean, you know, I mean, like, listen, people talk about the young California Senator Kamala Harris, uh, Cory Booker from New Jersey is another person, and they're yep. like young and dynamic. Um, but you know. We'll see. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that Trump is like a once in a lifetime, once in 10 lifetime level carnival barker shit talker. Do you know what I mean? Like he is, he has a special ability, like the guy from the music man. Yes. And that is, he's spellbinding. And, you know, I'm not saying he's going to win. I still think there, it's kind of come crashing down. But I don't think that Mueller is going to come with, like, the goods to necessarily impeach him. We'll see. And if it's about paying off porn stars, then doesn't these scandals look a lot like Clinton? And, like, most Democrats were, like, why are we even having the impeachment conversation over that? If it's that, right? Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. And also, if it goes down to impeachment, like, the fact that we're so divided, that's not good. Because all of Trump's supporters are going to feel like they were cheated out of the guy they elected. So 
But the best scenario is you want the Democrats to take back Congress, and then you want Trump to basically be a lame duck until 2020, and then nominate The Rock and win in 2020. Jesus Christ. All right. Hey, we just laid it out right now. I mean, I'm just saying, I can't, you know. Listen, I'm not arguing with you because it is what it is, man. It it is what it is. I agree. Can I say the most important thing is that as Americans, we need to remember that it's okay to disagree on stuff, and we're all still Americans, and and we have elections every four years, and there's a transfer of power, and, like, that's the mo- you know that's what I'm really worried about. The scariest moment for me was right before the election when Trump did not say at that debate whether he would recognize the results of the election. And I thought this guy could really tell millions of people who adore him that they have just been that there was a stolen election basically, and that usually that's the kind of thing that gets people out on the streets, you know. And so I'm very worried about that. I just think we got to work on that. I think this podcast can bring us all together. I know. I hate if that, that sounds like really lame. I know it's not. It's much sexier to be part of the resistance or to be part of the MAGA. But you just get up to a certain point. We're around the same age. You realize there's all kinds of people, and we all just gotta fucking live. I agree. Together. I agree. You know, all right, Eli. I appreciate the information. I appreciate the insight. I appreciate the honesty. Uh, and uh, and I'll be talking to you soon, my friend. Thanks, man. Okay. All right, all right Eli. All right. Judge Collins. Thank you for filling in for the great G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. I want to hear if you guys agree with Judge Collins. If you don't agree with Judge Collins, this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure as always. I think I you did a good here. job. A lot of responsibility. In hand I here. really appreciate that. I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. What can I say? Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with something funky, something real nice, something nasty, something, something sick. Yeah.